Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, here we are. Welcome to... Some Detroit sports talk here on the fifth chapter presented by cash to Bitcoin.com. That's Adrian Myers. I'm Dennis Fithian. We're ready to go on this. I don't know. Too snowy Tuesday night. Is that what you're going to call it, Adrian? Snowy, slushy, not so fun outside uh, weather today. Uh, typical Michigan weather in December. So we happen to get snow after Christmas, but you know how it goes. Yeah, it's tricky out there because it, it could be a little bit slick, but it's, it's such a small amount. Half of the people are like, the hell with this. Let's stop it. Go keep going. Let's not ease off, which, you know, creates a little bit of uh hassle out there, especially during rush hour. But you're right, you know, we're we're used to it. It's Michigan, right? Oh yeah. We have uh Pete Finelli. He's here, our intern out at, at Penn State. He's ready to shed that uh label in the new year, and we'll see what we can do about that. We do have five chapters for you that we're gonna talk about here in Detroit Sports. We've already uh assembled them. Uh, backstage and we'll tell you about that uh, book we're going to get to some college football and uh, we will also uh, start out with a little lions in the first two chapters and our chapters are brought to you by our title sponsor and that is cash to bitcoin.com hey you're thinking about it like me and like adrian how to get involved in cryptocurrency i'm here to tell you how to do it it's cash to bitcoin.com That's how you get involved. There's lots to be excited about, like these college football playoffs that are coming up. And uh, you're also, you should get pumped about the crypto world. And that's because cash2bitcoin.com, that's where they come in. They're one of the fastest and largest growing crypto ATMs in Michigan. They have hundreds of locations in Michigan and beyond. Check out a map to find the crypto ATM near you at cash2bitcoin.com on Twitter. That's cash, the number two, bitcoin.com. Cash2Bitcoin.com's ATMs and terminals offer safe and secure transactions. So get it going. Find an ATM and check it out. Now is the time. Folks, remember it and use it. That is Cash2Bitcoin.com. Dennis, how about this coaching job by Dan Campbell? Yeah, how about it? That's where we're going to start in uh, Chapter 1. I'm surprised, uh, Adrian, that we've had people that I know, that I've had people in my life uh, like, Hey, you know what? I, I really believe in Dan Campbell. That's what I, I was told this week after watching the Lions, you know, have the close shave with the Falcons. And then, of course, you know, the, the week before against the Cardinals, that was the big shocker, the way they dominated Arizona really from uh, from front to back there. But, you know, I thought now is a good time with uh, two weeks remaining in the season here uh, to ask you how much you believe in Lions head coach Dan Campbell. Well, I was as as we talked about throughout the season. You know, they they got two wins right now. They they almost beat the Atlanta Falcons. Which I wouldn't have been mad at them, but I will give Dan Campbell credit because the the biting off the kneecaps thing. You know, we all looked at him kind of crazy, but for the fact is, I will give this man a ton of credit. The Lions have been in mo- most of the games this season, surprisingly, uh, besides the Bengals game. Um, you know, but they have fought they have fought really hard. Be the be the Arizona team. 
He is a great motivator. No doubt I will give him a 10 out of 10 for that one, uh, pushing these guys who I believe most of these guys only be on the roster next year because it's going to be a complete overhaul. But for that fact, he gets the credit. But where I do give him a knock is, is the fact that he needs to not ever be a play caller again. That's the one knock we've all talked about this year. Um, basically, in a sense, fired Anthony Lynn after he took over play calling duties. But I mean, it's it's one step forward, once you know, one step back. But I will give him; he's earned a little more time, at least another season for me. But we cannot next year have none of these egregious, these egregious play calls, and hopefully, he can find the right guy to be the play caller next season. I like your opinion because you're, you know, you're not too young of a guy, but you're not old enough to be tainted by the Lions' history, mm-hmm. and even younger than you is Pete Finelli, and he's a, a good person to go to to ask this question as well. Because uh, he's actually not a Lions fan, so he, he's not tainted at all by by age or by proximity of being a, an actual Detroit Lions fan. So, Pete, you know, how much do you believe from afar in Lions head coach Dan Campbell? Well, you know, I think Adrian hit on a lot of key points there. And obviously, you know, two wins is nothing to get too excited about. But you, they knew going into the season that it was going to be rough. They weren't going to really compete in a lot of these games. And, yeah, they've actually been close in some of the ones that they've lost. And I think the key thing for me with Dan Campbell is that the players respect him. And he he really controls that locker room. And, you know, you look at some of the guys who have been fired in their first year, like Urban Meyer earlier a few weeks back, and the players had no respect for him. He was just – he was straight up terrible. That's one – that's that's a big – that's an important thing is at least the players respect him. They want to win for him. And, you know, maybe he's not – the play calling, absolutely, he needs to be done with that. But as a head coach, I think he's in a fine position right now to at least expect another year or two with Detroit and maybe get some new players in there, some more talent. Because, obviously, he's not working with a lot right now. So, from an outside perspective, I think – He's done about as much as he could have done this year. Yeah, to me, you know, like nobody likes to put an incomplete on it, but both of you guys both mentioned, like, he doesn't have a lot to work with. We don't know, you know, we we know he's coming back. You know, the bar's pretty low. Normally, I mean, there have been, and you pointed it out, Urban Meyer got fired this year. Now, normally, you, you get through your first year, you're going to get two, three years, you know, in the NFL. Dan Campbell comes in, the, the guy that preceded him, well, you know, ran roughshod over the team. The The players hated him. You know, he was screaming at him in meetings. So Campbell's coming in. He's got a great spot. He just has not, you know, don't be Matt Patricia and act like a jerk to your players. And, you know, they're going to play for you. They know, like, if Dan Campbell was, like, in his third year or something, they knew he was going to be on his way out. Maybe there would be something going on. But, you know, these guys know he's coming back. Uh, you know, the, the part about him, you know, playing well these last two weeks and playing hard for him, uh, all right, you know, but you know, you mentioned that Cincinnati game. I bet him on on the on the Philly game. Man, they were an embarrassment. They weren't just bad in those games; they're an embarrassment. So, but you know, he, the the part that I'm having uh, a little bit of an issue with was the the Cardinals game. You know, it's not like the the pieces that they had were the guys that they're going to lean on in the future. This wasn't, hey, you know, DeAndre Swift and T.J. Hawkinson. And, you know, it's a bunch of dudes that, like, nobody's really heard of. There's a couple guys that have stepped up that'll be, you know, it looks like they'll be here when this team is ready to compete maybe in a couple of years, like Amonra St. Brown. But I don't know. It, it's uh, – I've seen it before, like, with the, the, the late season, like, hey, this is going to mean something for next year. And I don't want to make it sound like it, it, uh, it, it's not good that they're playing hard, 
But the part about there being some kind of springboard for next year, I don't buy. I, I think they played hard against the cards. I'll, I'll take it. They don't. There's not a player sitting there that. Uh, and, and every year I get tired of, you know, let's just tank because, the, you know, ruining the draft position. That's what they've been doing for 20, 30 years. So that they went out there and beat the cards, I think was actually a good thing. But the part that I'm stopping short of, Adrian, is that, you know, this is going to be some kind of foundation that they're going to set for next year. Oh, yeah. No, I, I would. The last take on that, I would, I would definitely agree on that. In the NFL, I don't believe there's no such thing as momentum because, there's such a roster overhaul and coaching changes and injuries. And now we got to deal with COVID as well. So I don't believe in that. It's just, uh, the thing is, it's all about building culture. So I'll, I'll give him a credit. He's trying to build a culture, but we need to get winning, a winning attitude and winning players in here with a proven track record to um, elevate this franchise. Ooh, key that you talked about players because coming up in chapter two, we're going to talk about that before we do that bath wang in. Uh, the feedback saying that the Lions have played hard for Campbell. They conceivably could have won maybe three or four more games. Campbell has made some boneheaded calls on the offense. I would not let him go this year, and I think he deserves another year. Yeah, you know, all that being said about Springboard and everything else, I do think he deserves another year. I, there's there's no reason to, uh, to replace him. Especially so. considering there's not a whole lot you could replace him with. I mean, there's no, there's no great option out there. It's like, oh, if we go out – and sign this guy to a new head coaching job, we're going to go, you know, seven and nine this next season. There's just, there's not a well, whole lot of options either. Well, Pete, let's be real. They'll be likely in the same spot next year. I mean, sure. Oh yeah. Are, are we oh, talking about them winning yeah, seven games be. next year? I know Beth talked about, they could have won a couple of these games, but I'm not expecting them to be, I expect them to be a bottom five team next year. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not like you're going to be able to go hire somebody and have seven wins. Like, He's about he's as good as you're gonna have right now. You might as well stick with the guy who you know who you had last this this past season. Yeah, mind as well. I'm I'm with you on that. All right, Adrian, take us into chapter two. All right, fellas, we're heading into chapter two. Now we've talked about Dan Campbell, but let's talk about the Lions' three biggest needs heading into this off season. And I'm gonna let Pete you go first. I mean, I think the most obvious one at this point, you know, the most important position on a team is the quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff is not a long-term solution. They they knew that. I mean, maybe they didn't. They are Detroit after all. But he's not their guy. And there's no one in the in the draft that they could take with their first or second uh, pick, whatever they end up getting. So, you know, we talked about maybe getting a guy with their second first-round pick, maybe their second-round pick. But that's the number one thing is that they've got to fix because Jared Goff is not going to go out in key situations and win games for them. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Quarterback uh, being number one, I'm with you. And, you know, I know there's a lot of ideas, you know, maybe trade down a couple and then grab one of these guys that you think is the best. And I, I don't know about that, taking them inside the top 10. But I do think, you know, if one of those guys, if it's Pickett or Corral or, or wh whoever, uh, Willis, that you sit there where you get that Rams pick in the 20s and they end up saying, okay, you know, we're going to take him. Uh, I'm not against that. And I think number one on that list is quarterback. Number two, I went to linebacker, defensive end. You could go to a lot of different places. But, you know, Adrian, I think number one, it's hard to get away from saying that, you know, their biggest need isn't quarterback. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I tossed some turn over this. I'm, I mean, the, the obvious choice is quarterback, but with the limited options like Pete talked about in the draft and it's a, it's a bare quarterback market because there's there's no way they're in on Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers. Does does he decide to leave Green Bay? 
Um, so that leaves maybe you go in the second round and get maybe a Carson Strong or a Desmond Ritter. But who knows between now and then, especially with the with the necess- necessity of quarterback needs, teams always get desperate and draft them way higher than they're always projected. So I went a little off. I said the wide receiver definitely. I, I'm around St. Brown's proved to me that he's a he's a viable receiver in this offense, but I would put him at a number three. He could possibly play at a number two last year. Let's say maybe you go get a Drake London, you know, from a USC, but they, or Jamison Williams from Alabama. Um, pair, you need a speedster outside. Jared Goff can throw the ball down the field too. And then I jumped to, like Dennis said, uh, the uh, defensive lineman slash secondary. Will Harris is terrible. Um, Trey Flowers will be out of here. He'll probably be a cut, save him some money off the cap, things like that. I'm going to give a kuda one more year. I was going to say corner, but I kind of like what I've seen from the corner position from uh, Arariye and uh, Melawanfu. I want to see what I get out of him next season because I think he's he's long, athletic, and can develop. And then if Akuda can stay healthy, then we'll see what happens. But this team needs a lot of needs a lot of help. So I, I think it can only go up from here. So we're really going to see what Brad Holmes can do in this draft and in this roster management situation. And that's the one guy who I feel like, the pressure is on him because Dan Campbell has no control over what what he decides to do with the roster. So we're going to see if he can he can work his magic and make this team better. Yeah. See, the tough thing with this is that there's so many positions that need to be filled, mm-hmm. and I I wanted to say wide receiver very badly, but I ended up not going with that because the leap that uh, Sam Brown has made these last few weeks has has really been impressive. And I think if they go out in the off season and maybe find some like a solid veteran to go along with him. And they can have a serviceable wide receiver core. And while I think it still needs to be, uh, you know, fixed, I think that there are things that need uh, more that are more crucial right now. So besides quarterback, I went with secondary and uh, D line, who we think they're probably going to address with their first pick in the draft this year. But secondary, they need somebody who Jeff Okuda was supposed to be, whether it's at cornerback or at safety. They need they need some a leader back there. They need someone who's gonna you know create big plays and who's gonna lead that defense. Could be the safety from Notre Dame in that first round if they drop back a little bit. You know if they uh, they get a win. I know his name. Yeah, Kyle Hamilton. Is, yeah, his name is definitely being bandied about. Uh, Beth agrees with you guys at least putting uh, the wide receiver and corner on there. And we get to we we've talked about it a little bit. You've talked about it, Adrian, mentioned that some of these quarterbacks that could be out of the move, some of the veterans. You didn't mention Russell Wilson, but here's Sideshow, the Puerto Rican prince, saying that he would love to see the Lions pursue Deshaun Watson this offseason. I'm sure Houston would lower the asking price. The thing about Watson is he has a trade veto, so maybe you, you, you make a run at it. Maybe he says, yeah, I want to go to Detroit. You know, This is the thing where it's going to come down with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And Deshaun Watson, all these guys can dictate where they want to go, and then you have to cough up a, a capital to get them. So I would like to have any of those guys, but you know the, the one thing we know for sure: Aaron, the Packers are not trading Aaron Rodgers in the division. They're probably not trading him in the conference. So you know he's going to Denver, he's going to the Raiders, like the things that we talked about in the offseason. Probably the same thing with Russell Wilson. I don't know. Is there any way that the Lions may like? It, it sounds good. Hey, the Lions only have to give up, uh, you know, two number ones, and then they get Deshaun Watson. Let's let's go. I, I think it's going to be more than that. Yeah, no, I think Houston's still going to be asking for three first round picks for Deshaun Watson. Um, let let the fact that he clears his legal situation. Um, right. Russell Wilson wants to go to a really big market, maybe a, a New Orleans, um, 
a New York Jets, a New Giants, I'm sorry. Um, you know, see, I think Sierra plays a factor in what he decides to do with his future. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers is still up and down. Um, I could see him uh, with my Steelers or possibly Denver because both, uh, especially Denver's roster, because they're loaded with uh, skilled players. So we'll see, especially they don't want him in the AFC. I mean, the NFC as it is anyway. So there's going to be, it's going to be a lot to tell with that. So the domino, they're going to be the first dominoes to fall. We do have some breaking news, and Paul on the uh, feedback is letting us in on it here, and I see uh, it is confirmed. John Madden, the uh, the legend, has died at 85 years old, and, and John Madden, uh, people were talking about him an awful lot over the weekend because on Christmas Day they did a John Madden special. And then, uh, you know, at 85 years old, uh, this uh, I see Adam Schefter, I see TMZ, I see a number of people reporting it. On John about John Madden. Now, you guys, you you don't remember John Madden maybe as a broadcaster, but uh, the video game Madden, yeah. potentially you would know him from that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, well, I could just tell you, you know, I don't remember John Madden as a, a coach of the Raiders back in the day, you know, the silver and black. But as a as a broadcaster, I mean, he was. Uh, when you got John Madden, I mean, he, he was number one, him and Pat Summerall. And Pat Summerall had this great voice, didn't say a whole lot. And John Madden had a lot to say. And man, he loved Brett Favre, you know, he loved, and, you know, he was, uh, it was John Madden number one when it came down to uh, broadcasting the NFL games back in the day. And then him, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't fly. He always just said, he used to take the Madden cruiser because he was scared to be up in the airs. But uh, yeah, rest in peace. Uh, John Madden, I, I feel like saying, bam, whap, you know, he was always in the light, like that kind of stuff uh, when, when he would talk. But, uh, yeah, a, a legend. And just on all of our minds over this weekend, rest in peace, John Madden. Rest in peace, John. All rest right, the world. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Dan. Sorry, go ahead, Pete. No, I was just saying, no, that's crazy. Rest in peace, absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's turn the page. We stay in, in – and thanks, uh, Paul, for keeping us up to speed on that breaking news about uh, about Coach Madden or the broadcaster Madden. We're getting to – it's the bowl season. It's uh, bowl week here. We had some a cancellation here uh, tonight. You got Central Michigan moving in, trying to piece these things together. But that's going on. But all eyes uh, are around here are on Friday in the semifinals, and that's where you have Alabama and Cincy. And then the big one, the big one, which is uh, Michigan and Georgia. That line's come down a little bit. I don't know, Adrian – are you are you thinking that Michigan is going to win this game? You, you feel like they're in with a chance, or do you think it's going to be the dogs that are going to rule the day? Right now, um, as it sits right now, as I currently stand, I have it's a 50-50 split for me. It's basically a coin flip. This game, I believe, can go either way for the simple fact that these teams are mirror images of each other. They both want to do the same thing, run the football, get some explosive plays here and there, play play sound defense, Have both have elite playmakers on, on the defensive side of the football. I have Georgia probably having seven or eight guys who will be NFL uh, draft picks uh, in the NFL draft next year. Michigan has a few guys, as we all know, Dax Hill, Hutchinson, Ajabo, um, you know, the list grows. But I think what it comes down to, two things, is Michigan's ability to stop um, Georgia's run along with Brock Bowers against, I think, Michigan will probably line him up against Daxon Hill. He's a, he was an All-American uh, freshman. Guys, a stud out of California. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it will come down to Kincaid, McNamara, make the plays um, to have some semblance of a run game, but make the plays in order to help Michigan get a win. I think it will be a low-scoring game um, right now. I'm still kind of leading Georgia a little bit, but um, I, I don't have my final pick yet. It's just I'm getting a little more nervous as the game comes, but I can see Michigan uh, winning this game, no doubt. Yeah, Pete, before you make your uh, assessment on the game, here you mentioned Dax Hill. There's uh, at least his status for the game is up in the air as uh, didn't see him – uh, down in Miami, and there's some talk that there's a possible COVID issue here, and you know maybe with them uh, the work of the, the the COVID protocols and everything, there'd be a chance. And if he gets in there and gets some negative tests, it could still be out there. But it's certainly a situation uh, to watch. And of course, uh, uh, I think all of the players 72 hours out have to have uh, a test. So the way that COVID's going around, and obviously look at everything that's going on you know, the possibility of more players uh, being out. I mean, there's a chance. Hopefully everybody gets all of their players and everybody's there on Friday, but uh, that almost feels like wishful thinking here. But uh, so making any picks, you know, you get to hold everything like let's let's see what happens and who's actually out there Friday. But but Pete, you think this is going to be Georgia? You think Michigan's got a shot? I mean, it's it's tough because you look at Georgia for the entirety of the season, minus the game against Alabama, and they were you know they were gods, they were unbeatable, untouchable, and then they go play Alabama and they get completely embarrassed, which I wasn't expecting to say the least. And that game kind of brings them back down to earth a little bit. And then you, you take this Michigan game, and you think, all right, Michigan's been hot. They beat Ohio State. You know, they're ranked number two. As much as I want to say that that Michigan is, I think they're going to give them a run, but I got to give it to Georgia at least for now. If some some crazy COVID thing happens, and you know a couple of players are are ruled out, then maybe that could change some things. But for now, I you know I still got to lean uh, Georgia's way. Yeah, I can understand that. Obviously, the odds makers uh, feel like you do. I mean, it was up to eight and a half at seven, but you know what, uh, the way Georgia played all year long. And, you know, you could say, hey, there was there was a hiccup at Alabama's a really good team. Plus, you know, the thing about Georgia, they stopped the run. Of course, that's what Michigan does well. So matchup-wise, if that's how you look at it, you can say, you know what, uh, Michigan, if, uh, you know, they had a, a team that was a little soft against the run, you know, that would be a great matchup for them, but they're not. So a lot of it is going to be on, on Michigan's quarterback. I'm picking yeah, the Wolverines. I, I, I like how their defense is playing. And I look at the quarterback on the other side, Stenson Bennett, and I think that's where Michigan, they have uh, obviously the defensive ends that can wreak havoc on that position. And Bennett, if they if Michigan can stop the run, uh, I think they could create some turnovers with Bennett, you know, if they make him beat him, which they're going to try to do. And, and uh, you know what? If it comes down to Stenson Bennett or Cade McNamara slash J.J. McCarthy, even though you could put in J.T. Daniels there for Georgia, you know, I think Michigan's in with a pretty good chance. And, you know what? The big playability, the way this team has played the last two weeks, I think they could beat Georgia and pull the upset. Right now, that's what I'm predicting. I think it definitely comes down to uh, Cade McNamara here. I, I mean, 
you know, against that Georgia defense, it's going to come down to if he can, you know, avoid turnovers and make the big plays. We have a, a, a few feedback before we move on. Beth saying uh, her eyes are on Thursday. Spartan fan looking at the Peach Bowl. Michigan will win. Not sure about state. 50-50 for me. It would help the state to pickets out. I think picket is the bigger loss for Pitt than Walker is for state. Well, well, I don't know. Michigan relies so much on their running. Michigan State does so much on their running game. Pickett, you know, those are two gigantic losses, but I get it because it is the quarterback position. Sideshow asking if Michigan loses, is the season a failure? Uh, absolutely not. Oh, no. I, I, no. I think if they if they went out there and they get routed. That yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's going to be a tinge of disappointment. Uh, I think you you go back and look at Michigan State losing 38 to nothing when they got there. That still haunts them. And people talk about it. Couldn't even score a point. So I, it's not that Michigan, you know, gets a field goal and say, hey, they're better than Michigan State. Although that's how a lot of people will look at it. But, you know, I, I don't think they're going to get embarrassed. So uh, I would cross that uh, bridge if I uh, if I had to do it. But I like um, – I, I think this, the season's been – you know, exactly the opposite of it's been a complete success. It almost doesn't matter what happens, but yeah, don't go get blown out uh, on Friday, you know, because that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Anytime you lose the last game of the year, it's going to leave a, a bad taste in your mouth. As long as they act like they, they're supposed to be there, even if they do lose, you know, they go out respectively. And then you, you know, you look back on the season, I think it's a pretty big success for them. Yeah, I look back at Michigan's uh, basketball team. They got that close to the Final Four. They had three shots, you know, in the the final, I think it was 40 seconds or whatever it was. And, you know, they had the guys shoot the ball that they wanted to. And, you know, I know some people say, that was a choke job or whatever. That's fine. You could make a case for that. But as, as time has passed, I mean, it was a successful season, and they didn't even get to the to the Final Four. Michigan beating Ohio State and winning the Big Ten for the first time since 2004 uh, it, it speaks for itself. There you go. Well, right, let's go to chapter four. There you go, Adrian. Sorry, I cut you off. No problem. We're heading into chapter four, so let's turn the page. But we're going to talk about it. Fellas, it's been a long year in sports. We've, we've got a lot. I know COVID's done ramp, rampantly hit us this year towards the end of the year. But we've got a lot of stuff taken care of. We got fans back in the stands. We wanted um, got a lot of things going. But in the year review, fellas, um, I, I would like to ask, what is an underrated uh, moment in sports this year? Let's start off with you, Dennis. Well, and uh, you guys can go anywhere you want in the world of sports. It doesn't have to be right here in Detroit, but I'm going to uh, Detroit. You know, Kate Cunningham, that wasn't underrated. Uh, I, I was, I, I almost went to the second round where Luca Garza was picked and, and also Isaiah Livers is kind of a sneaky underrated. I really enjoyed the second round there for the Pistons, but I'm going back to college football. And I'm going to Michigan, and not the Ohio State game, but I'm going to go to the Michigan State game. And an underrated moment was uh, in the fourth quarter, that game was tied at 30. And I remember sending a tweet out like, hey, uh, can you just say – like it was, a gr- it was a great game no matter what was going to happen. Up to that point, it was a great game. And, uh, you know, that's what I said now. Michigan lost and it didn't seem like it was such a great game, but at the moment, but you know, it's one of those things where, man, there, there's so much going on. There were, it, it, you know, there, there's so many twists and turns in that game, big lead for Michigan. Michigan state comes all the way back, gets the two eight pointers to tie it. And, you know, here we are 30, 30, Michigan ultimately loses, but 
Uh, I, I thought an underrated moment was there was, you know, it, it was a great game. And when it was 30-30, you know, being able to step back, even with, you know, Michigan ultimately losing, saying, hey, you know, that was a great game. It was a thrilling game, one of the best of the year. That's my underrated moment. Uh, right, Pete. I wouldn't I wouldn't say mine was exactly a moment, more of a of a player that I like to watch. Uh going to my Pittsburgh Steelers, it was it's Deontay Johnson this year, who, you know, last year he had a he had a huge thing with drop passes and he could, you know, he could not hold on to the ball for his life. But this year, I mean, this year he's been phenomenal. He's been catching everything, and he's been the one receiver on that team who can keep his damn mouth shut. So at least for him. You know, I think he was a bit—he was a snub for the Pro Bowl. Um, so not yeah, not really quite a moment, but you know, the, a player who I think was a bit who I, I think he's gotten credit, uh, but I think he deserves a little bit more. Well, you know, I love him. You know, he's on my fantasy team, and, I had him, and he's a great route runner. He made an outstanding catch where he went up and high pointed it like it almost like you know flipped over backwards. You know, you're right about those other receivers. I like Claypool coming out of Notre Dame, but I don't know. Sometimes you get in there. Uh, you know, he's too big for his, you know, pants or whatever this, you know, I don't know what he is, but, uh, it's a a diva position, but yeah, man, Deontay Johnson, I'm with you on that. Uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. Shout out to Deontay P too. He's, he's cut the drop down to half. He's worked on it through the off season. Um, came back a better player, the best route runner on this team. Um, probably looking forward as it Steelers can get a new quarterback. So I'm, I'm, I'll be ready when the big Ben era is over. So we'll talk about that another day, but, uh, (laughs) For me, I, I went I went Pete's route, uh, Dennis. Um, I went with more of a player. Um, so I thought outside the box a little bit. Um, I'm a baseball guy. You know, we don't get to talk about it too much. But I'm going to go with the play of, of Shohei Otani, the two-way uh, superstar from Japan for the the, uh, the Los Angeles Angels. Um, this guy, man, like we talk about um, two-way players, and this guy did a phenomenal job pitching. And he went 9-2 and two this year with a 3.18 ERA and was just – throwing straight gas and also on the mound, just straight winning AL MVP. This guy almost hit 50 homers, um, high batting average, got on base. It was just a guy the Angels found, and he's he successfully – they've done it successful. Um, I know Mike Trout was hurt this year, but this was something I like to see a guy succeed in being able to show the world that he has a lot of talent and very strong capabilities. Yeah, that's a great – you know what? That's a great one. Nobody's ever done what uh, he's doing. Not even Babe Ruth. I mean, he's better than Babe Ruth at you know at pitching and hitting so yeah amazing otani i love him too that is a great moment in sports for sure i'm with you on that which uh takes us to chapter five and it hasn't quite been a year i think it was in march that you could start gambling here in the state of michigan and you know pete i know you're not 21 yet so i don't know what what you know you'll have to tell me what the route is now that you know uh you know, the things are wide open, but you know, Adrian, we can gamble now. You know, you take your phone out, you can start betting on the games tonight. Uh, how much have you played? How much has this changed uh, uh, sports for you? Go ahead, Adrian. For me, I guess you could, I could even take it back farther, even like fantasy football, where it goes, you, you got to start kind of rooting for teams that you don't really like if you draft a player. Like, say, for, for instance, for me, example, I, I'm a, I'm a big cowboy. Dallas Cowboy hater, a New England Pagers hater. So it's hard for me to draft players like that on my fantasy team. As we all know, I'm a big Steelers fan. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So it, it plays a factor. <laughs> but for, for me, for me, I would say um, I'm not a huge, huge betting guy, but I'll do it. It's more for me. It's 
it's in spurts. Like uh, I have a, a best friend. He's a really big, uh, he's a real big gambler. He'll call me every Sunday before the games come on. And he'll, we'll, he'll talk to me for an hour and then he just loses his mind. So I would say maybe on a percent basis, maybe a, maybe a 25% of the time I'll bet. So maybe every few weeks I'll bet, especially on the NFL. Um, I do a lot of college football and I, I do a little bit of NBA hockey, baseball, are a little tougher, but I would say I'm a, I'm a mediocre gambler because it's, it's, it's so much emotion. It's such a roller coaster that it makes you hate guys that you would never hate. And it makes you like guys that you thought you would never like. So it's, it's like a love and a hate of therapy. And you'll see that as you, uh, as if you start to do it yourself. Oh no. See, I, I'm, I'm well aware. Obviously I've been doing the fantasy for, for a few years now, which is, you know, obviously, what you said, you know, some players you just, some teams you hate. Although one thing I've I've managed to do is I've never had to draft Ezekiel Elliott, which I love because I hate that man so much. Um, but with the with the actual like sports betting and like DraftKings and whatnot, uh, recent after this year, maybe a few weeks in, my my dad created an account on DraftKings. So it's you know I'm obviously not 21, but he he obviously is. So it's his account. And we, but I, you know, I do it with them. So it's, you know, it's a team thing. He's, you know, he's the one of age. So he obviously runs it, does all that. But I, you know, give him the, who I think's going to win, what player's going to get these yards. So, so it's, it's been fun, actually. We just this past weekend, uh, DraftKings, like as a little Christmas gift, gave you a, uh, a free bet that could have been anywhere from like five to $50, I think. And we That's actually, right. we got the $50 one. And uh, I put it, I put in a little, uh, like a, just like a two leg parlay that uh, turned out to get a hundred and like $90 off that. So that was pretty sweet. Yeah. You know what? Uh, there's, there's ones that throw you like, uh, I like poker and on the poker site, I noticed that there it is, it's, it's the Fox uh, uh, site too. And they give you a free five to bet on Thursday night football. So, mm -hmm. You know, what am I going to do? I'm going to bet five bucks every Thursday for free. So, you know, it's got me in the mix. But, you know, Adrian, uh, it really resonated with me with your point about fantasy. I can remember back in the day, like I would never – I remember when Terrell Owens, he uh, he was with San Francisco. He scored a touchdown. He went out to the to the star in the middle and put the ball. And, uh, and George Teague went over and tackled him. And I was like, I would never draft that guy. And then, you know, years later, here I am, you know, picking him up. And, you know, he's on my team, which really crosses everything that you'd – think that you would uh would do in sports so that does become difficult what i've found though is that uh, i like betting games more than i like fantasy fantasy you know you can sit around and you've got your player and you're watching the game but it's like it can drive you crazy like you, you can he can get you all the way down to the goal line you know and you're like come on give it to him you know they're giving it to some backup running back to get yeah. in there and he vultures you and you know it, it gets down where you're not watching kicks you're not you know, you're only wanting to you flip only when your team has the ball so I like gambling uh, when it comes down just to uh, – I get a longer uh, view of it. But, you know, the one thing is that for a year doing this show, when, when Chapman was on, he wanted to bet every Tuesday and Thursday. And so I did it and I kept track. And you know what? If, if, I, if you just bet a little bit and just bet the games that you like, regardless if they're on TV or for entertainment, I, I think that's the way to go. But what I found is that every night, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, the game's on. Why not? Why not put anything on it? So you end up wanting to bet every game, and that's not what you want to do. And I look at everyone, and they're complete toss-ups. Like, every game's a toss-up, and, and I think that's where they get you is because, you know what, it's fun to be in the game. It's fun to have action. It's fun to have action on every game. So 
Uh, it, it's tough not to, you know, to do that and just bet the games that you really like every week. I, I knew somebody a long time ago, you know, 10, 20 years ago that used to tell me, it's like, he used to say the good betters are the ones that can let a week or two during college football and pro football season pass because they're only betting the games that they really like. And I always thought, mm, okay, that's pretty interesting. But, you know, it's if that's even taken it to an extreme. I was saying, hey, just take two games you like every week. Uh, he was saying, hey, you know what? Look at the menu. Sometimes there's not a game you like. Take two or three weeks. Only bet the games that you really like. And I think you come out ahead. There's not many people that are able to do that, though. No, the, the, the uh, killer is sometimes, which just happened to me this past weekend, is when your fantasy and your uh, your bets overlap. Because part of my bet for uh, for last week was that the Packers were going to win and Devontae Adams was going to get a touchdown. And, uh, and of course, I played against him in one of my fantasy leagues, and he went off and absolutely killed my shot at the championship. I just I always like find it – I just always find it, uh, for me – the biggest like caveat is the fact that like I try not to bet the teams that are like the teams that I actually love. So like the North Carolina basketball, Pittsburgh Steelers, Michigan football, unless I'm absolutely 100 percent sure, say Michigan plays Northwestern. But there's been times I, I have to leave. I have to t- I have to leave myself out of it because my heart, my bias is, is really too much locked into it. So I try to I try to stay away from them if I have to. I definitely agree with that one. Well, yeah, and to that point, you know, but you would think that's almost counterintuitive. Like, if it's the team that you watch and you read and you know the most about, you would think that would be the team that, you know, that you would bet, because. but your heart is so close to it. I used to tell people that right in my gambling manual, part of it was, you know, don't bet too many games. The other one is never bet the Lions. And then here I was this year in both the Cincinnati game and the Philadelphia game, just because I picked it before the season that that was going to be their first win. Then I'm over there betting it. And not only am I betting it, I'm going back like, okay, now I'm going to go live money line. Now I'm going over the top. I did it uh, with the Bengals. I did it with the Eagles like three or four times. And then I came back at halftime of the Arizona game. And I said, this is too good to be true. I'm taking Arizona on the money line. I wasn't betting all that much money, but it it really, at at the end, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm I'm going right against it. I, I told everybody, this is the number one rule in gambling. Don't bet the Lions. And here I am repeatedly doing it. So uh, it's really hard to stay away. I can tell you that much. Uh, I can tell you, I got one more thing. Here's uh, Rossini. He wants to to bump it up to a two-hour show. <laughs> hey, Rossini, once we get all the sponsors and everything, you know what? I'm not you. against going up a little longer. So I know you're going to work on that. Uh, you know, from behind the scenes there, and we're going to get it going in 22 hours. That's it, Pete. Let's go. I used to do a four-hour show solo. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot lot of talking. You You got no one to go off of. You just, you learn to talk and you learn to tell a lot of stories. I don't know. Look, it's not like I'm the the cleanest uh, speaker and everything, but you just do, you learn to repeat yourself a lot. And you tell a lot of stories. And yeah, All it can right. get bogged up. If you're not getting any calls, you sit there and talk 10 minutes by yourself, and you're like, okay, <laughs> this isn't any fun, man. It can take a little piece out of you. But I mentioned 22. That's next year. We will be with you on Thursday. Michigan State will be playing. It'll be on the eve of the Orange Bowl, and we'll look back at 2021. So it's going to be great. Uh, Pete, great job. Thanks to everybody coming into the feedback. Uh, the the Prince of Puerto Rico will be on the show on Thursday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Adrian, tell everybody goodbye. 
Everybody have a good night. Stay safe out there. That's right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.